With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Watch 37's left leg for the Avalanche right there. He's trying to kick it in, but there's the leg that knocks the net off. And now Kadri does a nice job up and over. He's falling down. All kinds of great efforts for the Avalanche right there. But the net is off for at least a thousand and one. Hello, Avalanche faithful. My name is Adrian Hernandez. I am your host of At Elevation, a podcast brought to you by Mile High Hockey. How we doing today? I am very excited. Well, sort of. Um, The Avs coming off a pretty frustrating loss to the Dallas Stars last night. Um, But today is a new day and nothing better than back-to-back on a weekend. The Avs play tonight against the Arizona Coyotes, 7 p.m. in Arizona. Today on the docket, we're going to talk a little bit about last night's loss to Dallas. Um, we'll talk a little bit about um, some some player news. We'll preview the matchup with the Yotes, and after that, we'll talk with our resident goaltender guru, Kat Silverman. It's going to be a cool show, so thank you guys very much for tuning in. Again, my name is Adrian Hernandez. Let's get cracking. So let's talk a little bit about last night's L uh, suffered at the hands of a surging Dallas Stars team. Uh, they're a team that really started off the year and seemed to struggle. I think they had one game from the first nine of their schedule starting in October. Uh, they got they got some pretty physical players on their squad and some new faces. So I imagine it's just going to take some time with Jim Montgomery, uh, former DU coach. It's just going to take some time for some of those um, – Veterans like Perry and Pavelski can to kind of fall into a groove with their new teammates and into Montgomery's system. I definitely don't think this will be the last. Obviously, we have more divisional games coming up against Dallas in the future. But I do imagine that this is one of the teams that we may find ourselves facing off with in the playoffs. And if the Avalanche are serious about their cup aspirations this is the type of team they're going to need to beat uh, they play a lot like st louis did last year a very physical um a, a bigger game not a not as skilled we saw what happened to tampa um they're the most skilled team in the league and they came into the playoffs and just threw a dud so i think everyone's kind of learning from that model and everyone's trying to emulate that model and be a little bit more physical more suited for the playoffs so expect I think the guys will respond pretty well tonight uh, when they face off against Arizona. Given yesterday's game was kind of a frustrating loss, they had the goal with um, Comfer knocking the net off its moorings. Kadri making a great diving play, knocks it into the net, but it's not going to count. Abs lose by a goal. Comfer with a nice wraparound chance towards the end of the game. Um, the game ended with a nice chance. It just didn't. Just the cards didn't really fall for the Avs. The cards may not have fallen for the Avalanche last night, but they definitely fell for Gabriel Landeskog, who is a new father as of today. So we want to wish wish Gabriel and his and his wife a, a congratulations, and uh, that's really cool. I think as unfortunate as Gabriel's injury is, 
Um, if there was such thing as good timing for an injury, I think this is it. He's going to have lots of time with his kid, his newborn, um, which I, I imagine will go a long way towards soothing kind of the homesickness that comes with the later stages of the season and the playoffs. What a cool thing for a guy who's probably not too excited to not be playing with his teammates. Um, this will be a good way to get his mind off of that. And uh, his life seems to be moving forward. Maybe we can get that baby to sit in the cup later on this year. So we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to At Elevation, brought to you by Mile High Hockey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome back, everyone. My name is Adrian Hernandez. You are listening to At Elevation. Let's get into tonight's matchup against the Arizona Coyotes. The question that is on my mind is, can McKinnon extend his point streak? I think so. The other question is, can the Avs end this three-game slide? I think so. Previous matchup between the Avs was in Denver. The Avs came out of that with a 3-2 victory. It seems like Arizona is playing more of a defensive-minded. They have two good goaltenders in Darcy Kemper and Ranta. So, speaking of goaltending, this is a great time to bring in our resident goalie expert. She's a writer for the Yotes, a former goalie and super mom, Miss Kat Silverman. How you doing, Kat? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for our phone call. I think you'll have some awesome bits of information on both sides of the aisle, given that you write for the Yotes and you write and help with Mile High Hockey. So tell me, how did you begin writing for the Coyotes? Are you are you technically a Coyotes fan? I, I appreciate the Coyotes, but I'm actually not a Coyotes fan. I uh, covered the team for about five years now, but uh, I grew up back on the East Coast. So I ended up covering the team starting with the 2014-15 season. I was given the option. Uh, they had some openings at a site that I used to write for, and I said, sure, I'll take I'll take the Coyotes. They were a small market team that needed a little extra coverage, and I, I figured it might be fun, and it's been a blast. They're a, they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're more fun this year than they were in the past. But, um, yeah, I've kind of kind of stuck around with them now and kind of made my roots with them. And so what would you say led to you, be, uh, led to you being so passionate about goaltending? Uh, I, I was a goalie, and um, when I – when I started writing, I had been doing some coaching in the development department uh, with the Coyotes, the, the hockey development group, which works with youth, um, sort of goes to schools. And I started to get more into the goaltending coaching side of things. And so that made it uh, sort of a natural fit to share some of that on the, on the writing side as well. And it's kind of like coaching, but on paper. Awesome. So with the game tonight in Arizona, Avs coming off three straight losses, one in overtime. Do you think this is an opportunity for Arizona to steal a win? Uh, you know, I would, with any other team, I'd say absolutely. I'd say, you know, with two injuries on the top line for a team, I mean, the Avalanche are missing both Miko Rantanen and I believe Gabriel Landeskog is indefinitely out, if I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly. And 
for any other team, that would be prime pickings for the Coyotes. But I don't think people really appreciate just how much the Coyotes and the Avalanche play each other like they're rivals. I think the fan bases haven't really bought into it as much as the teams have, but I feel like every time I watch those two teams play, and it might just be that they're both kind of wild card contenders, and they have been for the last year or two here, uh, but the way that they play each other is so... It's it's like a playoff race every time they face off against each other. And we kind of saw it with that first game, I believe it was two or three weeks ago here, with Auntie Ronta and Pavel Francouz. And, you know, even though it was backup goalies in at the start of the season, I really thought both teams played like like they had that wild card spot on the line. Um, and, yeah, so I think that even as an injured team, the Avalanche really have an opportunity to, to sort of put a a little bit of a – damper on the Coyotes run that they've really been on here they've they picked up I believe three points out of a possible six on their road trip uh up north and they've uh won their last two straight they're on their way home I believe they play Montreal tonight and yeah they they're a top team right now but I think that if any team can somehow put an end to that it's it's the avalanche they love to upset the Coyotes you know, I'd say you're totally right because I think, if I remember correct, a couple of years ago, Ronaldo took a, a pretty heavy swipe at Gerard, mm-hmm. and that was when Eric Johnson took Ronaldo into the boards and just kind of manhandled him right right there up against the Colorado bench. So I would I would agree with you. I'd say that there's definitely more bad blood to this matchup than the fans are probably aware of. So with that being said, who do you think is going to get the nod tonight for the Yotes, Kemper or Ronta? Uh the Coyotes have kind of been playing that by ear. Um, they've kind of been doing Kemper, Ronta, Kemper, Kemper, Ronta, Kemper. So, like, I'd say two of every three games goes to Kemper and then one goes to Ronta. Um, but they've both been playing incredibly well. So I think that if their game against uh, against Montreal here tonight doesn't go super well, uh, they could go to Ronta if they if they start Kemper tonight. I haven't haven't seen their starter yet. Um, I think that if things do go particularly well and they just want to give Kemper a rest, if they end up playing Ronta, you know, it's it's kind of tough to tell. But uh, I think that uh, I think that Ronta plays particularly well against the Avalanche. Um, so if I were the Coyotes, that's who I'd go with on Saturday. You say Ranta plays historically well against the Avs. I'd say both Ranta and Kemper played extremely well against the Avs towards the end of last season. And branching kind of off of that, Grubauer had quite the end-of-season run and going into the playoffs that he seems to have carried into this regular season. What do you think the key is in, uh, in doing just that? So I talked to him last year. I believe it was the first time they passed through Arizona around, I think it was either November or December. Um, I talked with Grubauer a little bit, and he he's such an avid student, not only of the game from a goaltending perspective, but from a systems perspective, too. He was really open and frank with me about how different the defensive systems are in Washington and in Colorado and how much adjusting he was doing, how much learning he was doing, just absorbing everything. And so I think sometimes when a guy's that invested, uh, he can almost have a bit of a lower a slower learning curve, so to speak, you know, when he gets used to the uh, gets used to the new system because he is so invested in learning everything about it, not just playing by feel. 
But once he really got invested in the way that the systems were working in Colorado and really bought into it and understood everything that was going on down to the minutia of, you know, how they do their breakouts and their passing and their communication, that, you know, he's just so prepared for anything that happens in the game because he does study it so closely. So I think that works in his favor in the long run. So we did see that kind of slow start from him last year, and then he really picked up steam. But he didn't change teams this summer, you know. So he's, right. he's coming back to a familiar system, and I think that's why he's really hit the ground running. That's awesome, and that makes a whole lot of sense because I can see with some of the great and miraculous saves that Grubauer made late in the season and in the playoffs last year, they definitely did have the appearance of um, saves made by a goalie playing off field, which is kind of what people really pay to see. I know Patrick Wall was probably the king of playing off field. So I was looking on your Twitter page and I saw that you, in your bio, you say that you are the Arizona's second largest hot dog enthusiast. I imagine you're poking fun at forward Phil Kessel, who the Yotes acquired in the offseason. Tell me a little about that acquisition, and do you think that this was Arizona's idea to get themselves out of the bubble team situation and get over the edge and finally get into a wild card spot to make the playoffs? Uh, I think in theory, yes. Um, although he hasn't been one of their top point producers yet. Uh, surprisingly enough, I mean, we've heard for years that Phil Castle's kind of prickly, you know, that he's, he's not the most uh, verbose he's not the most uh, gregarious guy on the ice but he's really taken a leadership role to heart here in Arizona and you know we'll see him after practice he stays on the ice for an extra 5 10 even 15 minutes with Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller and sometimes Christian Fisher and you know the other young guys talking with them about situations and scenarios and breaking down hypotheticals for power plays and for even strength and so even if the talent level itself, because eventually he is going to start to regress a little bit. You know, he's going to, he's, he is going to age and he's going to slow down a little bit. But even though he is, I think, slowing down a little bit, at least to start this year, the, just that, not just a veteran presence, but a skilled veteran presence that he brings is really what pushes them over the edge to me. Cause I don't, and this is no disrespect to the, uh, the Alex, the late Alex Tange careers that they've brought in the last four or five years. But uh, I think this is the first time that they've really brought in a veteran who has high-end offensive skill to sort of teach the younger players what's going on from a pure goal scorer mentality. And, and that's something that they've really been missing. I would totally agree. Um, so well, how do you think Phil Kessel will perform tonight against the Avalanche? And historically, how has he been against the Avalanche? Uh, that's actually kind of tough. I, uh, he hasn't gotten a ton of experience playing against the Avalanche because up to this point in his career, he has been back on the East Coast. He actually, uh, my family's from Toronto and I grew up a Boston fan, so he's played for two of my childhood teams. Uh, but awesome. unfortunately, we only see him against the Avalanche up to this year, twice a year. And so I would say there's a chance that he can really trip up the Avalanche defense if they try line matching, uh, just because I think he's a lot faster than some of the young guys expect, and the Avalanche are really sort of moving in some of their new younger defensive guard. Um, but at the same time, like I said, he's he's getting a little older, and 
the Avalanche have made some phenomenal moves, including for his former teammate, Nazem Kadri. So if there's anyone on the Avalanche who knows how to stop Phil Kessel, I, I would say it's Kadri. And uh, I think there's a chance that we'll see them go up against each other line to line at some point during the game. And that could, that could stymie Phil Kessel a little bit, I think. Yeah, if Kadri and Kessel do end up matching up against each other, I think that'll be must-see TV <laughs> because Kadri, we know, he has a little bit of a nasty streak to him, and Kessel seems to be one of those dudes who isn't all that intimidating, but for whatever reason, he can really, really get under your skin. So that should be a good thing to, a good thing to watch tonight. So Avs fans, keep your eyes on that matchup for sure. That was Kat Silverman, everybody. Uh, we had that phone call a couple days ago. I'm sure you noticed that. Uh, She's really awesome. What she had to say about her conversation with Philip Grubauer was was kind of eye-opening for me because I hadn't really thought about goalies coming to a new system and the way to attack or approach um, finding your groove within that system. It makes sense that you would dive as far down the rabbit hole as possible to learn what your coach wants you to learn so that you can have your defenders play to you as much as possible. But it also makes sense that at the end of the day, you're the goalie you are. And when it comes down to those really clutch moments, you are probably going to play on feel. So it's best to get that structural foundation. And then when the play-by-field does come out, you see some pretty show-stopping saves, much like the pad save Grubauer made last year against Calgary in the playoffs. I'd say it's it's safe to say that was a save out of feel. Um, wow. Awesome guest. Thank you again, Kat. We are definitely going to have her on again sometime. Um, I think that just about does it, though, here at Elevation. Thank you guys so much for listening to the second episode ever. I'm your host, Adrian Hernandez. Till next time, go Avs, go.